0: And so uh, so we need to make sure that when we think of our life as a Christian, that we're not, you know, oh, you know, the harder the better, right? And some people have the mentality that they, they are martyrs, right? That it, unless it's hard, they're not really serving God, unless you, you know, have a hard time. In fact, I remember years ago that some people in the ministry were kind of implying that unless unless you leave everything that you're doing and go into the full-time ministry and starve or Eat oranges only the first whole year of your of your uh, first um, year of, of ministry. Then you're not really in a ministry, you know. Unless you're really ne- next to starving, you're not really in a ministry because you haven't really given up anything. Uh, and you know, I'm thinking, well, I don't remember Jesus starving, you know, and I don't remember any of the apostles starving when they were working for Jesus. And you know, I know Paul did say that he's learned to uh, how to abound and learned how to be abased. Uh, But that wasn't that wasn't necessary to be in the ministry. It was just, you know, you're traveling on your own. And and um, and, you know, and if you read all of Paul's writings, many times he wouldn't receive an offering from the church. He would say, you know, I'd rather just starve than than take an offering from you because nobody's going to say that uh, that, uh, you know, you're successful because of us. Uh, And so but some people have that mentality unless you starve, you know. And, uh, you know, Brother Hagin's got a great uh, testimony about his first year of. Uh, being in a ministry because he was a pastor for about 11 years and then the lord you know called him into the traveling ministry and he and the first whole year he said uh he ended up like at a, uh a- after paying all of his bills and just living barely getting by you know kids not well clothed and well fed and wife not well clothed and he said they were still like a hundred or two hundred dollars behind which back in you know the 40s and 50s that was a lot of money right now a hundred dollars you know you find that in your couch cushions a lot of times but uh, but um, uh, but he said it wasn't because he was trying to be spiritual or because um, or because he had done um, uh, anything wrong. I mean, as far as in sin. But uh, so he went to the Lord and said, Lord, you know, what's up? Uh, I'm, I'm doing all these things and doing what you told me to do. And, you know, uh, in fact, uh, he uh, you know, you've got to be careful in quoting a verse to the Lord. But he quoted the uh, Isaiah 119 to the Lord and said, uh, Lord, you said in your word, he said, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, is that what the Bible says? Mm-hmm. Eat the good of the land. So is that sticks and stones and dirt and, and uh, starvation and only oranges? And I mean, somebody really said, unless you eat oranges the whole first year, you know, you're not really called to God. <laughs> It's like, you know, I don't find you find that anywhere in the Bible, you know, the, the orange verse. Anybody got an orange verse in their Bible it says unless you, you know, go into ministry and eat oranges the first year, you know, I mean, why orange? Why not apples? I like apples pretty well. I like oranges, too. But I mean, maybe I like bananas. I mean, can I not substitute oranges for bananas? I mean, you know, I don't know, but uh, maybe they got too much potassium or something. But uh, so he went to the Lord, said, Lord, uh, you know, uh, you said right here, uh, Isaiah 119, that if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So is that what it says? I mean, that's what it says. So you ought to be able to go and say, Lord, you know, I'm doing what you said and I'm expecting to see the blessings, but I'm not getting the blessings, so why not? And, you know, the only problem with asking the Lord a question is is what? He may answer you, right? Uh, so the Lord said, you're right. I did say that. He said, your problem is you're not qualified for well, that verse. And, you know, of course, um, then you've got to make the case with the Lord, right? Because sometimes he'll do that, right? He, you'll, do, you'll, you'll say something to me. and say, yeah, that's right, but uh, you know, you're not doing what you should be doing. And so he, what do you mean? He said, he said, I left everything. I left the best church. They were taking care of me the best. You know, the, the, I, I would get, you know, uh, I got a salary, and they would send me to, to all the uh, conferences, and not only would they would send me to the conferences, they'd buy me a new suit to go to the conferences, and, and I left all of that, Lord, and I, I've been out here a whole year on my own, uh, ministering the gospel, and, uh, and I've done what you said. He said, you're right. You have been obedient. He said, your problem is you're not willing. You know, you can be out there and, and, and technically doing and being obedient to what the Lord is, but your heart's not fully in it. You want to be back home with your kids. You want to be back home with, you know, the, the wife. I and mean, we want to be, you know, not traveling all the time. I mean, you're doing it, but you don't want to do it. You ever done something but not want to do it? Um, and so you look like you're being obedient, which you are being obedient. But is that the qualifications? Is that the full qualifications? What's the full qualifications? Obedient and what? Willing, Willing right? So obedience is easy to measure because you can measure that in a natural realm all the time. Are you there? Yep. Are you traveling? Yep. Are you going to that church? Yep. But willingness cannot be measured in a natural realm. It can only be measured by your heart. And so who's the only one that can measure that? Only the Lord, right? So he was qualified in the sense that he was, he was halfway qualified. He had gone and done the things that the Lord had instructed him to do, but he wasn't doing it with a willing heart. And, and you know, the Lord, uh, he's, not, he's, he's not satisfied with you doing things from a carnal standpoint and a, and a fleshly standpoint that can only be measured in the natural realm because God is a spirit. Amen. So only doing things in the, in the natural realm is not sufficient for the Lord. We also have to do things willingly. Uh, and he, uh, and so the Lord showed him that. He said, "You're not qualified." <laughs> you know, it would be really sad after a whole year. You you missed your qualification after a year being obedient, right? Uh, and now he was again obedient. The Lord didn't say he wasn't obedient. He was obedient to do what the Lord had instructed him to do, but he wasn't willing to do it. Uh, and so that made him unqualified for the promise of this verse, right? Because, uh, as as it is with most verses. There's a God's side and a man's side. There's a qualification and there's a blessing. And so we have to qualify for the verse. It doesn't mean we're earning it, but we're qualifying ourselves for that. You know, so it's a little different mentality. You're not trying to earn it. It's already promised to you. So you're not, you're just qualifying for it, right? You just, okay, here's the three things you got to do to get this. It already belongs to you, but, you know, in order to get it, you got to, you know, say three Hail Marys and, and, and balance in your right foot, foot or something. You know, that's the qualifications, and so the Lord gave, gives us these qualifications. He gave us this qualification that I have the good of the land prepared for you. It belongs to you. I want you to have it. I desire for you to have it. Here's the qualifications to obtain it. Uh, and so uh, uh, so he's, so when the Lord showed him that, that he was not being uh, being willing, but he was being obedient, he said, don't say that it takes a long time to change your heart. He said, as soon as the Lord showed that, he said, I just made an adjustment in my heart and... and and he said, now, now, sometimes it takes a while that, you know, you've dug yourself in a hole. It takes a while to get back out of that hole. Right. But it can change immediately in the realm of the spirit. But naturally, sometimes it takes a while for that to catch up to you. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that happens a lot of times because who dug himself in the hole? Well, Brother Hagen did, right? The Lord didn't dig himself in the hole. Brother, Brother Hagin dug himself in the hole. So uh, he said, but it, eventually all of it started coming in, and we, we were well taken care of at, at that point in time. But that had nothing to do with uh, sacrificing to be on the road. You know, he'd had the sacrifice in a sense of being obedient, but he could have sacrificed and been obedient and willing and still ate the good of the land and not lost anything. Amen? So, I mean, yeah, there is some sacrifice in the sense of uh, being obedient to the Lord sometimes requires you to, to disobey your flesh, and to do something your flesh doesn't want to do, so in that sense, it's, it's sacrifice. But a lot of times when people say sacrifice, it's you're poor and you're broke and you're sick and you're you're behind and and, and uh, you're on your own. And you know, I don't really see that from from what the Lord has promised us, Amen. Because way back in the Old Testament, He promised us that if we're willing and obedient, we can eat the good of the land, Amen. So just be careful jumping on these bandwagons of things that sound sort of spiritual, but. There's no real Bible for that, you know. I know he said, take up your cross, but ta- taking up your cross, do we have to go and, and become a, a literal sacrifice on the cross and die and shed blood? No, taking up the cross is taking up whatever obedience that the Lord has instructed you to do in your life, and, and that's for you to take up, right? It was, a, it was the will of God for the Lord Jesus to go to the cross, so he had to take up his cross. But what's the will of God for you to do? That's for you to determine. and uh, you, So you take that cross up. And you do it willingly, right? Uh, Jesus said, "Not my will, but Thy will be done." I'm going to do what you want to do. I'm glad to do it. Uh, nothing wrong with checking in with the headquarters, making sure that oh, Lord, you know, this is uh, this is uncomfortable, you know, and and um, you used to want me to do this, and yeah, I do want you to do. Okay, Lord, to be glad to do it, you know. Uh, so just be careful about, um, you know, th- there's a lot of philosophy that gets thrown into the church a lot of times. You know, brother, how go with the battle? Uh, I'm the victor. I'm uh, more than a conqueror. I've overcome. Uh, all my enemies are defeated. How's yours going? You know, I mean, people look at you like you're crazy when you say all that, right? But um, I'm fully healed and completely prosperous and sleep well every night. And um, yeah, so how's yours going, you know? Oh, it's so hard, brother. Oh, it's so hard. Taking all these arrows, you know, people on the front lines, you know, they always take out the arrows. I, yeah, I, I know. That's what my shield of faith is for and None of them make it past the shield of faith. So, yeah, I see all the arrows, but uh, all I do is count them, right? And they fall to the ground undelivered. Un, uh, um, how, how's, how's your arrow collection going? Uh, in fact, I saw it was a cartoon or something, uh, some, some person, you know, kind of protecting, you know, a child because, you know, you want to put a child in there because that way it, it amps up the, the emotions there. But on his back, you all these arrows, right? Oh, you know, you've taking all these arrows, you know, for everybody and, I'm not taking no arrows from nobody, you know, I guess what i got to shield the faith for, right? I mean, you know, you take your own arrow for all I care, you know, I'm not taking your arrow and, and I'm not taking my own arrows either. I've got to shield the faith. My Bible says it quenches all the fiery darts uh, of the wicked one. All of them, right? Not part of them, not some of them, you know. So, so don't buy into this thing about li- uh, life as a Christian is just, you know, drudgery and There are some uncomfortable things that we have to do. Sometimes the Lord calls us to go speak to uncomfortable people, right? To go speak to people who will not receive you. In fact, Jesus said, if you go and they don't receive you, what should should you do? Shake the dust of your feet. So he didn't say that everywhere you go, people will receive you, right? Uh, And so sometimes, just like he had to do in Nazareth, you've got to shake the dust of your feet off, you know. But as long as you go and you're obedient and you're willing to go, I mean, so they don't like you is that really an issue? I mean, is that, you know, I mean, it'd be nice if they liked you, right? But uh, but uh, if they don't like you, were you willing and obedient? Yeah, well, then it should be okay, right? Um, now, you'd prefer for them to receive you, wouldn't you? I mean, it'd be better for them, because it'd be better for them to receive you. And, you know, it'd be nice not to have to plow all the time, right? It'd be nice to just uh, re- uh, reap uh, sometimes. But, uh, you know, the job is the job. Whatever the job the Lord gives us to us, then yes, sir, I'll be glad to do that. Amen. Yeah. Uh, and in and of ourselves, we'll be okay, right? We can't, we can't guarantee it'll be okay with the people that we go speak to. We can't guarantee that the economy of the world will be okay. We can't guarantee that there won't be pandemics and epidemics and other emics, right? We can't guarantee any of those things, but we can guarantee that in and of ourselves, we can always be healthy and prosperous and full of joy. Uh, and that's a pretty good deal right there. Amen. Uh, and so, so just, just be careful. You know, there, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff like that that gets put, thrown out there. You know, oh, you know, uh, you're way too happy as a Christian. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, uh, 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 it's unfortunate my, my, the Lord never said we can be full of joy. Oh, wait, actually, he did. You know, he did many times, right? So that we can be full of joy. It's really, be un, it's really hard to be unhappy if you're full of joy. Amen. Because if you're full of joy, that you, uh, how much room do you have for unhappiness? Uh, there's no room left. Right. Yeah. Sorry. I tr- I'm trying to be unhappy, but I just I can't be unhappy for, for being full of joy. Uh, you know, I mean, you got to really. In fact, Jesus said, no man take your joy from you. Right. So if you're not full of joy, uh, well, they, they they may be unhappy. Biblically, that's not possible. Right. Biblically, you had to give your joy up. Right. Because he said no man could take your joy from you. Uh, uh, well, you don't understand, Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry. You're right. Jesus didn't understand how hard our life was, right? That he had it so much easier than we've got it. Um, and so, but he said, no man can take your joy from you. So if you don't have joy, uh, who'd you give it away to? Who is controlling your life that you, that you have put in between you and the Lord, right? Because if no man can take your joy from you, then there's no interruption between you and the fullness of joy from the Lord. Uh, so if you're not full of joy, then who'd you give it up to, Right? Well, it ain't my fault. Um, you know, it, it's 100% your fault, right? So, so, so we have got to, uh, to in, the, in this book here, in this chapter that we're talking about, uh, the different things that um, um, Brother Bosworth has said that he has observed uh, of reasons why people are not receiving the healing. And he got into this section about, uh, about um, the, the traditions of men. And so we've got down to this section here about Jesus healed the sick as the son of God and not the son of man. So let's turn over to Philippians chapter two. Um, and that sounds, you know, that sounds like, um, um, I mean, it sounds plausible, right? Because wasn't Jesus the son of God? He was the son of God. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, a lot of times these arguments are, are always made with the goal of removing the supernatural, uh, and so any time that I hear somebody uh, give me doctrine or, or, or pseudo-sounding scriptures um, that removes the supernatural, I'm always suspicious. Amen? Because God is a supernatural God. He wants us to live supernatural lives. Uh, and, and yet there are people in the church constantly trying to remove the supernatural from our lives so that, we, that, so that we're no different than the Moose Lodge or the J.C.s or... Anybody else, you know, just have a secret handshake and smile and wink at each other once a week or so. Uh, But is that true that Jesus ministered by uh, the power as being the son of God? Well, let's see what the word of God says, right? And so here in Philippians chapter two, uh, he said, let's start in verse five. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So if you can let this mind be in you, you can also let this mind not be in you. Amen. Amen. Just like with every doctrine in the word of God, you can choose to believe it. You can choose not to believe it. It's your 100% your choice. Uh, of course, it's up to you um, whether you receive it or not. He said, uh, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. So uh, is Jesus God? I mean, he is God, right? He's deity, just like God the Father is, God the Son. Amen. So he was in the form of God, though uh, uh, but he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. And when he said it, he, he thought it not robbery to be equal to God, in other words, it was something not to be held onto, grasped and held onto, right? Uh, and so, uh, so in other words, he was willing, if it was necessary, to give up the position as being uh, God in order to be a blessing to us. Because it says in verse 7, but he made himself of no reputation. Now, prior to coming to the earth, what was his position? He was God. So, uh, I mean, is he somebody when he's God? Sure, he's somebody when he's God. So uh, that was his reputation. He's God, right? If you heard of God, you know he's God. Uh, And so, uh, but the Bible says that Jesus himself made himself of no reputation and took upon uh, him the form of a servant, right? Uh, And so not a, a sacrificial lamb, although he was a sacrificial lamb, but He was a sacrificial lamb because he was a servant, right? Uh, And so, but he took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of a cross, even the death of the cross. Uh, And so, so so Jesus chose to, to lay aside everything that he was, right? And so, you know, he technically was still God, but he chose to lay all that stuff aside. And we read some of these other verses there in in, uh, John. uh, It's a a couple of different places, but in John chapter 5, he said in verse 30 that I can of mine own self do nothing. Is that a true statement? Why do we know it's a true statement? Because Jesus said it, right? So is that a true? So uh, he didn't say he can of his own self choose to do nothing by his own power. See, then it's a choice. So he has the power, but he's choosing not to use it. So he didn't say, I'm choosing not to use my own power, but to use the power of the Holy Spirit. He didn't say it that way. He said, I can do nothing of my own self. So inherently, in and of myself, at this point in time in history, the way that I'm operating on the earth is as a man with no inherent power. So is that what he says? That's what he says, right? And that's what uh, Philippians chapter 2 just gives us some more details about that, that he was God. He made himself of no reputation, came to the earth, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself, and was made in the likeness of men. So how much inherent power do men have? How much inherent supernatural power do men have from a, from a standpoint of being deity to cause a healing to occur by their own inherent power? None, right? I mean, we have zero power, right? Now, we can go give you some, you know, gizzard juice, or, you know, some secret pills, or, you know, uh, do some surgery on you, that, but those are all natural things, right? The, those are all, uh, there's no supernatural aspect to any of those things. The revelation to how they do that may have come from the spirit realm, but the but the uh, how you implement that is only in the natural realm. Uh, so men have no inherent supernatural abilities in in and of themselves, and, and that's why Jesus said, "I can of mine own self do nothing." Now, you know the, these scriptures have been there for a, for a long time, but some people have a hard time when they read a verse like that. They I can't, it can't really say that. It has to say, I chose to do nothing of my own self. That's not what it says. He said, I do not have the ability to do anything in my own power and ability. Amen. I have to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, uh, so then the, the theory that Jesus healed the sick as the son of God and not the son of man, is that a true theory? Is that correct? It's not correct because the scriptures don't back it up, amen? There's no scriptures that that back up that Jesus, when he healed somebody, did it because I am the Son of God. In fact, if you go through and, you uh, you know, it would be a good study to do that. I did a study many years ago. How does Jesus refer to himself in the Gospels? The vast majority of times in the Gospels when he referred to himself, he called himself the Son of Man and not the Son of God. Uh, And so and he did that as a uh, for a particular reason to make uh, for a lot of reasons, actually. But uh, a main reason that he said that was to let us know that he is operating not as the son of God. He is he has chosen to operate as a son of man when he came to the earth and, and set it all up this way. And part of the reason why he wanted to do that was there's a lot of reason. But but one big reason was to show us as people that. If he if he did everything he did by the power of the Holy Spirit, then if we as Christians also have the Holy Spirit, then is there any reason why we can't do what Jesus did? There's no technical reason why there's no I mean, is the spirit of God less powerful in us? You know, I mean, it's the same spirit of God, right? Same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will quicken our mortal bodies. Amen. So. Uh, so it's 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 uh all of these things as far as when Jesus ministered on the earth, that he did it in the same exact fashion that we are supposed to do it in the earth since he left. Uh, and so whenever you hear people say, Jesus healed the sick as the son of God, just ask him for book, chapter, and verse for that. Because you can give him Philippians chapter 2 and John, John chapter 5, verse 30. You know, and that's two witnesses right there, right? Of course, you can get other witnesses about that. Uh, but there's no, no, no Bible that says, that you can't do that. In fact, I think we read John fourteen twelve, where Jesus said, The works that I do shall you do also. Uh, and so, if Jesus only did the works as the Son of God, then it would be impossible for us to, to do the same works because then we would have to be deity, right? Uh, uh, and we're not deity, even though we're seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, right? We're, we're the, a Son of God, just like Jesus is the Son of God. But Jesus is also God, right? He's a son of God and he's God. Right. And he's a head of the church and, and he's a he's a great lamb of God. So he's got a lot of wears a lot of hats. But uh, and we get really close. I mean, we're sitting in heavenly places. Right. And we're the son of God, just like Jesus, son of God. So that makes him our brother. So we're pretty good. Right. But we don't raise to the level of deity. Right. That's the last step that we don't ever approach. And we will never approach that. But. Uh, that's not how Jesus operated. He operated as a man anointed by the Holy Spirit, right? John uh, Acts, Acts 10, 10:38. how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, so that where power there is, is dunamis, supernatural miracle work of power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with them. Uh, and so, uh, so Jesus... Operated as an anointed man of God, right? Because it said, "How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus the Messiah, not Jesus the anointed one, not Jesus the 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 uh, deity, Jesus from Nazareth." So a natural person comes from Nazareth, right? Uh, Jesus' deity came from heaven. So, uh, so there's a lot of. I mean, you, uh, you can go through, uh, and we just went through, you know, half a dozen verses, but you could go through a lot more verses than that. Well you could go through all eighty verses that in the Gospels that talk about Jesus as the Son of man uh, and show that he didn't do it that way but that that's that's a pretty prevalent theory right and again, why do they say it that way? They say that to to say that therefore miracles uh, aren't being done today because Jesus is now gone, and so since Jesus God has left the earth now nobody can do miracles like Jesus did except for all the apostles, right? And say for everybody in the book of Acts, right? Uh, and you got that little inconvenient 28 chapter book there after the Gospels when Jesus was gone. So it's not true uh, that Jesus uh, operated as the Son of God. In fact, he operated exactly the opposite of that. And he, and he wanted to do that for, uh, like I said, uh, a major reason was to show us that we have the same ability in essence that he does. You know, in fact, he said, the works that I do shall you do and greater works than these shall you do. So we have the capacity as a church to operate just like Jesus did without really any limitations. Amen. And I don't know, you know, reviewing the book of Acts, you know, I don't know if they ever got quite that far. Um, You know, they had some things, some uh, some particular miracles. Uh, But it seems to me that there is there is room for expansion in that in the church, even today, that we can do. Some more miracles, of course, you know, we we, uh, it'd be nice if we could see the miracles as the book of Acts like that right now. Right. And and I believe that there's there's a need for that. And I believe that uh, uh, that we all need to grow in faith uh, and allow ourselves to do some of those things. Um, And uh, but even that, you know, it's going to be a progression because we may do what we're doing now. We may get to where we're doing some things like in the healing revivals. We may do some things like they did in the Zeus tree we may make it up to where they're doing some things like that in the book of acts but we need to get to where we're doing the same things that Jesus was doing amen and then beyond that go be, go past that amen uh, and so and i've heard some different stories of things that i believe were greater even than jesus be, you know like having arms grow out legs grow out you know uh, G, we don't have any re, any records of jesus doing that now he may have but we don't have any record of that uh, and so uh, so that uh, and so that was a whole collection of of uh, traditions of men uh and and it's really easy to to recognize traditions of men because traditions of men are, are always in violation of the word of god they're always contrary to the word of god now they often sound pseudo-spiritual right like well jesus operated as the son of god oh well, yeah that sounds that's that's that, that could be right i mean it sounds pseudo-spiritual right but you know if you know anything about the bible you know that it's not right and anything that's tried to remove the supernatural out of the church is is almost always wrong, just immediately, you know. But uh, uh, but we need to we need to all know the word of God and know what what why we believe what we believe, amen. And so I think that understanding that Jesus operating back, In fact, I remember years ago I got in trouble. Uh, you know, when I when I was real young, I didn't know know much. Uh, I, I didn't know enough to know that. People didn't know what the word said right and so i was talking with with a lady been in the church since dirt uh and about jesus and you know how he came as a son of man and and um and she fussed all over at me well you know you're making him too much like a man and i'm thinking but he was a man i mean he, he came the bible says he came as a man you know and of course i didn't know everything i know now you know i could have you know but i'm just thinking you know, who stole your Cheerios? I mean, you you know, you, uh, you should know this, you've been around longer than I have, because I'm thinking, well, I don't know anything, I'm just a babe in Christ, you know, but I'm just, you know, I'm, you read Jesus came as the Son of Man, okay, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that the Bible is so, uh, and uh, she got all mad at me, and, and uh, you know, of course, I, I didn't, wasn't disrespectful to her, because uh, I didn't really have, you know, I just knew what I knew, but I didn't know any more than I knew, and but, of course, neither did she. So, <laughs> so uh, it's it just uh, uh, some people will, will try to uh, imply that you're you're trying to remove the deity of Jesus. And well, I'm not. He, he For a short period of time, he chose not to be operating as deity. Now, he was still deity, but he chose not to operate that way. He set all that aside. Now, where do you put that? I don't know. Is there a special locker in heaven where you put all your miracles? You know, I don't know. i put all your power. But. Um, how he did that I don't know don't really care how he did it you know but I do know he did it because he said he did it amen uh, and so people will try to get upset at you because you're you know, just like uh, if you say that Jesus went to hell they'll get mad at you for that you know the place of the damned right the place of, of torment for three days and three nights and oh, I can't believe you I can't believe you believe that I can't believe you don't believe that right he's not th- is he there anymore he's not there anymore you know thank God he's not there anymore but he went there for your benefit amen Uh, And so uh, I don't even know why that's a hard thing because there's literally plenty of Bible verses for it. Amen. We're we're not going to go and all that, but we've covered it many times before. Uh, And so uh, he went for your benefit. He didn't go there because he was bad. In fact, the whole point of it was going there because the devil took him into into the place of the damned, the place of torment, illegally, because he wasn't qualified to go there, but he went there really to get the devil to exceed his authority, to get all of our, all authority back, right? That was, that was kind of the end game there. Pretty good uh, uh, tactic, if you ask me. Uh, and so Jesus was smarter than everybody. Uh, and so uh, the, the next thing that uh, Brother Balsworth, uh, uh said, now this particular one, he doesn't give any book chapter verse for it, but I think it's just a generally uh, understood uh, topic here. But he said one of the reasons why people don't receive healing uh, is by breaking, is because they they keep breaking natural laws. Um, and, and so, you know, this one is an area where the church has, uh, you know, we either get way out of balance on one side or we get way out of balance on the other side. So uh, he said uh, natural laws were put in place by God and and in general we should obey them, which is fine. Uh, and then he talks about diet, rest, exercise are all natural laws and, and if ignored they can lead to death. Um, And so sometimes the answer to our sickness is simply uh, following a natural law. And so is all that true? You know, all that can be true, but there's always you've got to always leave yourself room for faith. Uh, Because if you're not careful, you will elevate your diet or your exercise above faith. And a lot of people in the church get the way they do that, that, that my health is dependent upon my diet right or my health is dependent upon my exercise Uh, and by doing that now you've elevated your natural event your natural thing above spiritual laws amen so should you rest i mean you 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 have to rest you can't not rest right i mean you 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 uh, uh if you stay awake more than 48 hours in a row, you know, you'll become a basket case, right? And, and so, and that's what they do for torture sometimes, right? They'll, they'll wake you up with loud music or lights or something, right? And keep you from sleeping. Of course, I don't know. You put me in a box like that, I'd sleep anyway, right? Yeah. Put the bla- blazing lights on me, you know? I mean, I, like all these lights right here, i it's no problem. By the time we go to bed, I would just go to sleep, right? It wouldn't bother me a bit. But um, uh, so they, they'd be like, wow, well, we can't, you know, p- keep playing this loud music and keep snoring, you know? Uh, and so, uh, but... So what's so what's the balance in that? Well, you know, the, the, there's no specific balance of that, and, and that's where there's an issue because we like we like legalism, right? You're gonna drink eight glasses of eight ounces of water every day, or you're gonna die. You've got to walk ten thousand steps a day, or you're gonna die. Nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine? Nope, not gonna be good enough for you, buddy. You're gonna we're gonna kick you out. Uh, so what's the number? There's no number, right? They they make these things up, I mean, you know. They they really because how could, how could you even do a test? And because everybody's different, right? Everybody's body well, well maybe you know that guy over there seven glasses is fine, right? That guy over there he might need twelve. I don't know, you know. Maybe he's just powder cake all the time, you know I don't know, you know. I mean Jared he drinks like eight gallons of water, you know, before breakfast, uh, and uh, you know I, I'd be squishy if I drank that much water all the time, uh, and so. So what's the balance? Well, there's no balance, right? The, the, the balance is whatever the Lord instructs you to do, because number one, our physical bodies are a result of the DNA passed down to us from our parents. Amen. So so there's that. But our our physical bodies are also uh, containers of the spirit of God. And he said in Romans 8:11 that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, that same spirit shall quicken or make alive your mortal bodies. So we all have mortal bodies that are subject to the DNA of our parents until we get born again. Now we have physical bodies that are enhanced by the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So what's the limitations for our physical bodies? Well, it just there's no real answer. Amen. And so you have to decide for yourself what's necessary for you. Amen. So, you know, doctors, if, you know, unless you get eight hours of sleep, you know, every night you're going to, you know, every, every hour you miss a night is a day off your end of your life, right? So if you sleep seven hours every night, that's one, one day less you're going to live. They, they got like a stopwatch or something. I mean, how would they know that, right? They don't know that. Uh, and so, and listen, I am not a medical doctor. But when I read these things, you know, my question is, well, how do you know that? I mean, you can't do a test. There's no test you can do for that, right? You can't analyze that. Uh, and, and, do you, and do you sleep exactly the same number of hours every night? I mean, some people, it's like clockwork. They go to bed at 10, they get up at 6, 10 at 6, 10 at exactly 8 hours. You know, not 7 hours and 59 minutes, not 8 hours and 1 minute. 8 hours exactly, right? I don't guess I've done that in, in decades, right? Um, now, I know if you work a 9 to 5, you know, maybe you do do that. Maybe you get up, exact, go to bed exactly this time, you know. And don't go to bed at, you know, I mean, get up at the, the same time every night. I don't know. But but the problem is, if you, if you become that religious on, on your sleep, what if the Lord needs you to pray all night? Didn't Jesus pray all night sometimes? Didn't he pray all day sometimes? Didn't he pray sometimes straight through probably several days in a row? Probably, right? Uh, you remember in, in John chapter 4 when he was at the well with the woman, right? The woman at the well, the story with the woman at the well. and. Yeah, and they went off to the city to go get food. And they came back and said, hey, you know, we got you some food. He goes, I, I, I've already eaten. They're like, what would you eat? You know, you got to meat. And he said, my meat is to do the will of the Father. So can the Lord not sustain you supernaturally above the natural ability? Now, I'm not saying be foolish and, and tempt the Lord. Well, I'm just not going to eat ever. You know, I just don't have, you know, I don't have time to eat. I'm just not going to eat ever. Well, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that says you, you can get away with never eating. But in that moment, Jesus didn't eat because he said, I was doing the will of the Father, didn't have time to eat. It was more important to minister to this lady than it was to stop and go eat and feed myself. Uh, And so he said, but I'm satisfied having done the will of God. So so what's the balance? Well, I don't know that there's any particular balance. The thing that I would encourage you is don't make a law that that restricts the spirit of God. Because a lot of times I have to get eight hours of sleep. Okay, then the Lord can never use you to pray at midnight. Paul and Silas prayed at midnight. You, too bad. If you get in jail, you're dead because you can't pray at midnight, right? You can only pray during the day. When, you know, I guess you can't pray during the day. I don't know. But, uh, but Paul and Silas prayed at midnight. Well, they need to get their rest. Oh, I guess they were out of the will of God. I don't know. Maybe, is, that, is that what it was? They were out. So don't these things sound foolish, right? Uh, now, listen, I also know that you can go beyond uh, uh, beyond where you ought to go uh, in violation of the Spirit of God. And so, you know, I, and I know lots of stories like that. With, uh, there was a story with, with uh, Dr. Dufresne. That, you know, Dr. Dufresne was, was one of these guys that, you know, he, he was always so used to working his way and, and getting what he got by working harder than everybody else. And, you know, that's great until you get out of the will of God. And so the Lord had told him, yeah, well, you need to rest more. And, you know, rest, what does that mean? It may it may mean sleep, but it also may just mean not doing anything. Because you know sometimes you can just sit down in a chair and rest. You don't have to actually close your eyes and go into into a mode of sleep or anything. You can just not do something physical. Now some people are incapable of doing that, right? My my, my wife, she I think she's incapable of stopping for more than like fifteen minutes. You know, I'm perfectly fine. I can sit on a couch all day long. You know, my wife. I go, up, oh, there she goes, you know, Nope, oh, there she goes, you know, up, oh, there she goes again. And, you know, I can sit on the couch, you know, and just, just like watching tennis ball, You tennis game, you know, all the time. There she goes, you know. Uh, and But, you know, that's that's part of who she is, right? She is a booth after all, right, you know. And so, you know, them booths, you know, the whole generation of booths, you know, they're all, they, they 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 work. In fact, they, they'll dig their own grave, right? They'll no, nah, I got it, I got it, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it, you know, uh, you know. And, and so uh, it's, uh, uh, but the Lord uh, the Lord told Dr. DeFran, you need to rest so but what's that is that a law for everybody? Uh, why did the Lord tell him that? because in the natural realm as he wasn't ministering, he was you know building things and he was you know managing construction sites and and just you know he liked all that stuff right and and he was built he built a uh, you know an airstrip on a on a on a uh, ranch in Colorado and uh, you know some of that he did himself, but a lot of he managed it right oversaw those things and so he's doing the spiritual stuff, but he's also doing all this natural stuff. So he just never has any downtime. And, you know, it's helpful to have some downtime to meditate, to pray, to read the word of God. Amen. Uh, and so the Lord said, you need to rest. And and uh, did he do it? I know, you know, because sometimes we're, we're kind of dumb. Right. And so uh, so he'd had he had the, some problem going on uh, with uh, some dental uh, work. And so. He said, well, you know, doctor, while you're there, you know, I've got this lump, you know, on the side of my face, what, what is that? He goes, I don't know, let me take a look at that. Uh, and uh, he said, well, you know, I don't know. I said, he said, I've got the specialist friend of mine, you go see him, you know, uh, on this date uh, and make sure you go see him. I'm like, okay, I'll go see it." And, and so he went and, and uh, he said, well, I've also got, you know, this other, it was some kind of a lump or a mass on his leg uh, when he went to the specialist. Uh, and uh, the specialist, you know, you know, they, they poke and prod, and all they say is, hmm, right? You know, and and uh, you never want your doctor to say, hmm, right? Is, uh, yeah. And so, uh, so they did all their tests, and, and they said, okay, you know, when you come back, bring your wife. Uh, and so he came back with, it, with his wife, and, and the doctor said, um, he said, you need to go home and plan to die, because you've got some incurable disease, whatever it was, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it, nothing we can do about it. Uh, you're not going to make it. Well, that'd be, you know, uh, that'd ruin your whole lunch plans right there, right? And if someone told you that. And so, so, you know what he did? He went out to the car and he drove separate, right? They drove separate and they went out of the car and he started talking to the Lord about it. Lord, what's up? You know, I mean, your word is still so. I'm the hilt of God. And I got this report from the doctor. You know, what's the deal? Uh, and, and, you know, uh, he asked the Lord a question. What's he going to do? Answer your question. He said, well, if you remember, I told you to rest. And what have you not been doing? Not been resting, right? Uh, and so again, what does that mean? Well, that means whatever it means for him. It doesn't mean exactly eight hours of sleep. It doesn't mean, you know, you can't do this or can't do that. It means what it means for you. Amen. So, but uh, so many times we as Christians, the Lord would tell us, well, you need eight hours of sleep. Okay. All of you need to make sure if you don't get eight hours of sleep, the Lord said, you're all going to die. Every one of you are going to die if you don't get eight hours of sleep. Well, is that a law? Is there any Bible, book, chapter, version of the Bible that says eight hours is the number? What about nine hours, right? You ever slept nine hours? Sometimes I've slept nine hours. Sometimes I've slept 10, 11 hours, right? And, uh, and then sometimes, you know, sometimes I've slept for like five days in a row just to hibernation, right? And I've never slept that long, but, but, um, but, you know, sometimes I'll sleep for five hours. Uh, and What's the number? Well, when I, if I wake up, that seems like a good time to get up, right? Uh, uh, and so, uh, and I sleep great every night. I don't wake up just, you know, in a, in a coma. Uh, and so, uh, so he so he's talking to the Lord about it. What's up? Well, you didn't do what I told you to do. Uh, in fact, the Lord told him, and he repeated it many times. He said the Lord, keeps telling me to lighten up, right? In other words, not lighten up as far as being by being you know emotionally light, but quit doing all these things outside of the ministry, right? Because he was doing all this, like I said, construction and businesses, and he had a dozen cars. He was always working on new cars, and you know." He wasn't, he, you know, he didn't do any of it. You no, know, he had people, right? But he had to oversee all the people doing all those things. And, but so he got so busy that the Lord had to had to adjust his life, tell him to adjust his life. Now, you know, he did. He said, "All right, Lord, I'll straighten up." And and he got supernaturally healed, miraculously healed from that. Uh, but you know, he died early. He died when he was seventy-two uh, in a plane crash. Uh, and so. Did he go back to doing that? You know, I don't know. I'm not his judge, of course. I don't know. The Lord's not revealed to me why he died, but he died early. So why did he die early? I don't know. But, you know, I know the Lord protects him. And the only way that you can die early is if either you're not in faith, which I believe Brother uh, Dufresne was in faith, or you get out of the will of God. And so am I saying he got out of the will of God? I have no idea. But there's, there's a question there, right? Because if he lived to be 107, you know, or 102, then praise God, he lived a full life and go home and be with the Lord, right? But he told us many times, uh, the Lord showed me, uh, you know, my, my 60s are going to be this. My 70s are going to be this. My 80s are going to be this. And then we'll talk about it when we get to 90. How many times did he tell us that, right? Uh, and when I get to heaven, I'm going to go, Dr. Dufresne, I may stay, do it from far away, right? Because maybe I can still outrun him, right, when I get there. But, but um, you said you're going to be here to at least your 90. And so he'd still be with us because he passed in 2013 at 72 years old. Uh, and uh, he should still be with us, you know. Uh, you know, Brother Hagen. He said, you know, if you ever hear that I'm gone, you know, they' uh, lived a satisfied life, and he lived it to be in his mid 80s, right? Uh, and uh, but one time I remember he had talked about living to be 120, uh, and so I'm going to talk about that too. You, you, one time you said you could live to be 120, and and you didn't live to be, and we could have used you here, you know. Uh, and so, um, you know, again, I may say all that like in an email, you know. I don't know if I talk to him in person, right? But because. Uh, you know, I don't want them to, to hurt me or anything. But, uh, so there are, there are natural laws, but the natural laws are still subject to laws of the Spirit. If the Lord tells you to go pray all night long, is that going to kill you? Some people think it does. It ain't going to kill me. I ain't, I ain't doing it right. So I had a, a fellow get up one time and said, Well, the Lord told me to get up every day at 530 and pray. Praise God, because I'm not. So somebody needs to be praying at 530, right? But then he got up and said, All of you need to get up at 530 and pray too. Did the Lord tell me to get up at 5.30 in the morning and pray? You know, I mean, if the Lord starts saying that, I, nah, 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 I don't hear you. Uh, uh, the Lord has not instructed me to get up at 5.30 on a regular basis and pray. Uh, and so that's great. I have no problem with, with the Lord telling anybody that. Right, no problem at all. But, but I'm not going to t- take what the Lord tells me because if it's not book, chapter, and verse, it belongs only to me. If it's book, chapter, and verse, it belongs to all of us. But if it's, not, if it's just the Spirit of God to you, it belongs only to you. Now, if, if somebody can use that and help them, that's great. But I can't make it a law that you all have to do the same thing uh, that the Lord's told me to do. Uh, and so uh, I know that, uh, listen to Brother Hagen, of course, you know, Brother Hagen probably knew more about working with the Spirit of God in the area of ministry, probably than any other minister that I know, right? Because he, he really spent a lot of time learning studying and, and meditating on how to work with the Spirit of God in the area of ministry, you know, in praying for people and laying hands on people, but working with the anointing of God. Now, and and it just it's really been on my heart to teach on the anointing. Uh, and I don't know when we're going to do that, but, but uh, I've never taught on the anointing, but I, I really do want to teach on that because it's an area that Brother Hagen knew, like I said, probably more than anybody else, about how to work in with the Spirit of God. And he said that, you know, he could pray... And, you know, the Lord had anointed him, just like the Lord anoints all ministers, really, to, to minister. But the Lord had anointed him, uh, and he, a- after he prayed for so many people, he said that his physical body would get so tired that he could no longer yield to the Spirit of God. Uh, and he said uh, he had to learn that when that happened, to not go past that. Because if you go past that, and your physical body is so wearied from being able to, to uh, minister to people... He said, you'll get into the area of, of yielding to, to demonic spirits. So you've you got to be careful with that. Now, see, for us, uh, we live in a physical body that has a sin nature in it. Now, Jesus had had a physical body that did not have the sin nature in it. So from a technical standpoint, Jesus had the capacity from a natural standpoint, probably to minister longer than we could because he didn't have the sin nature in him. We have the sin nature in us, so... I think in that regard, we are a little bit more limited than Jesus. But Jesus still had to rest. He still had to eat. He still had to drink water. right? So, so he was subject to natural laws to some extent. Uh, but maybe not quite to the extent that we are. So, uh, so Brother Hagen learned to not... In fact, I think one time that he ministered, he went beyond that early on in his ministry. And, and he nearly died. And he told the Lord, he said, I'll never do that again. I'll never exceed that. Now... Uh, does that mean Brother Hagin wasn't much of a minister? He didn't really work hard? You know, way into his 80s, he was still... In fact, uh, I was listening to messages the other day. Uh, I think it was the last service he did uh, in Toronto, Canada. He was still doing two services a day, five days a week. And a lot of ministers, oh, that's too much. I can't, I can't do that, you know. And, and there was a time when he'd do three services a day. Sometimes he'd do these services and do them for six, seven, eight, nine weeks in a church. Every day, twice a day, for nine weeks in a row. And usually the pastor would teach on Sunday, but he would do the other six days a week. Um, uh, and uh, a, lot of, a lot of younger ministers couldn't keep up with that. You know, they're just exhausted after oh, I've preached like three days in a row, right? Uh, and so, so, so the question for us is, where is the limit? There is no specific limit. The limit is, number one, what is your body telling you? Number two is, what's, what is the Spirit of God requesting of you? Amen. If, if it's necessary for you to pray 24 hours in a row, and the Lord has put the burden on you to pray, will that hurt you? It can't hurt you, because Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of the Father. So if the will of the Father is for you to press through, and, and maybe you've got to pray for a thousand people, right? You know, a lot of ministers, I'm praying for a thousand people. Well, why not? Well, that's just too much work. Uh, did Jesus tell you that was too much work? Did Jesus say that, you know, don't do it? I mean, uh, why couldn't he strengthen you? Didn't How many times has he strengthened the prophets, right? Uh, remember Daniel, they came in and strengthened, the, the, the angel said, eat this or drink this, and, and he said, I was strengthened. Can't the Spirit of God strengthen you when you're doing those things? So from my perspective, I don't want to make a law, and I'm not going to make a law. I'm going to follow the direction of the Spirit of God for my life. And uh, as long as i uh, to the best of my ability, I'm within his will. Then no matter how hard I'm working naturally or spiritually in whatever way, I believe the Lord will take care of me. Amen. Because uh, and I know some ministers, that, you know, every six weeks I got to take a vacation. I have to take a, every I got to take a vacation every six weeks whatever it is. Right. Is there anything in the Bible that says you have to take a vacation every six weeks? Did Jesus have like a condo somewhere in Galilee? You know, the Galilee condo that he went and hid away for a week every six weeks? I mean, you know, stuff like that is, to me is foolishness because it just sounds kind of princess in the pea kind of stuff, right? Where you're just somehow special, right? Where you, oh, you know, wow, you work really hard and the guy out there working 40 hours a week on the, on the railroad, he's not working hard at all, you know, but you're working really hard, you know? And, and there is, I understand, you know, having been a minister, that it, it is taxing to to yield to the spirit of God over long periods of time. Because, uh, I, well, I don't really know why it is that way, but it is. Uh, and, and people, you don't really work hard as a, as a pastor. Well, let's swap jobs for a while, right? and See how that goes, and uh, and and see, you know, how long it is before you're crying every day, right? Curled up in a fetal position. Uh, and so, so uh, breaking natural laws can be a reason why. You're not getting healed, Amen. What I would caution you is be careful that you're not making a, a you're not making more laws and saying, Lord, I can't preach more than 45 minutes because that's too much. It may be too much for you to receive for 45 minutes, right? Uh, it's uh, you know, the, uh, Brother Hagen told Brother Randy one time, he said, Brother Randy, I'm going to give you a revelation. Oh, what is that? You know, it's got to be big, right? He's going to give me a revelation. Uh, he said. He said, the heart cannot receive more than the seat can endure. Because <laughs> he said he just preaching for hours on end, two, three hours at a time, right? Just wear them out, you know, wear everybody out. Uh, and so uh, that's a pretty big revelation, right? The heart cannot receive more than a seat can endure. Uh, and uh, and we've got nice seats here too, right? And so, but after a while, you just cause like, you know, is he ever going to hush, right? Now, you go to Africa, they'll put it's all the same, right? I mean, every time I go to Africa, they want to preach, you know, well, how long have you been preaching? Eight hours, you know, they, and they're still agging you on, right? Keep on going, right? Because uh, a lot of times they've got nothing else to do. They want you to preach forever, and, and that's great, right? Uh, and so, so just be careful of not elevating your natural desires for rest or relaxation or whatever it is that you think that you have need of to the point that it, that it restricts the Spirit of God operating in your life. Don't go the other extreme and say, well, I'm just, you know, I should be able to work 23 hours a day. And, you know, God's going to bless me unless God told you to do that. You will not survive long. Amen. But I believe in times and seasons that if it's necessary. I mean, you remember the battle with with, uh, Joshua? What did he ask the Lord to do to stop the sun from going down? Right. Uh, And so the battle lasted days. They didn't last, you know, only during daytime and, well, okay, it's five o'clock, boys, you know, just go put the swords up, we'll, we'll see you back in the morning and kill somebody else, right? Uh, no, they just worked all, all night long, right? Uh, and, of course, it wasn't night, the the, it was, the sun was still shining. So, in that case, the battle went on for, for multiple days, amen? Uh, and, and, uh, and they were fighting the whole time. You know, it's tough to fight for hours and 24 hours, uh, 36 hours, 48 hours, amen? Uh, not that I've ever actually done that, right, but... Um, but I hear rumors that it would be really hard. Uh, and so well, why did they all die from, from exerting themselves for 48 hours straight through with no stopping at all? Because it was the will of God to finish the battle. Amen. Uh, and so I believe in the moment, uh, in every situation, you have to decide where, uh, where your limit is. Amen. And like I said, when Brother Hagen, he said, I would go until, until my physical body was exhausted and then I would shut it down. But he didn't say how long that was. He didn't say it's always 600 people. It's always, you know, two hours. He said he would go until his physical body said, that's enough, and then he would shut it down. And that's, that's a wise, you know, and that's why I like Brother Hagen because even when he says things like that, you can't turn that into a law. There's no law there because the, 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 it's just wisdom. It's, it's you go until you shouldn't go anymore. So there's no number there. And if the Lord empowers you and strengthens you to, hey, you need to pray for just a few more people, then you pray for a few more people. You don't just cut them off just because you're precious or whatever. Uh, And so, and I think if you did that, you'd find the balance of that, amen? And if the Lord specifically speaks to you, says you make sure you take a week off every six weeks, then what should you do? You take a week off every six weeks, but can you turn that into a law for everybody else? No, you know, what if you needed on week seven? Sorry, condo's calling, gotta go. You know, gotta go to my Galilee condo, right? Uh, And so, uh don't, don't make a law, amen? Don't violate the, the Spirit of God, but don't make a law either because either way, I think, it is, is uh, uncalled for, amen? Uh, and so, uh, and then um, uh, the next one here, um, let's see what time we've got here. Well, we've probably got time. Turn over to Mark chapter 9. So in, in Mark chapter 9, Uh, So in Mark chapter 9, at the beginning of the chapter, Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. So he's kind of busy, right? He's getting transfigured. He's talking to Moses, talking to Elijah, Peter, James, and John are watching them. They're all scared, right? Uh, And so while he's up there doing that, the rest of the disciples are down, you know, down at the bottom of the hill. And and, uh, this man comes up to him and says, hey, you know, I've got my son. He's epileptic. Uh, Will you all pray for him now? By this point in time, the the disciples had been out ministering healing. They knew how to minister healing. They'd prayed for other people to get healed. Uh, in fact, they said, even the devils uh, uh, yield to us in your name. So it's not like they had never prayed for anybody. They'd been praying for people all this time, uh, and uh, but sometimes you know a situation comes up, and and uh, I ain't got it, you got it. I ain't got it, you pray for them, you know, uh, and so so here in in Mark chapter nine, uh, let's read in verse nineteen. It says Jesus answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. So, uh, so sometimes the person ministering doesn't have any faith. Is that what the situation is here? Right. Who didn't have the faith? Well, we know the man didn't have faith because later on he said, help thou my unbelief. But, uh, but also the ministers, the apostles, the nine apostles that were there other than the Peter, James and John, they should have had faith. Uh, in fact, what did Jesus say? What did he call him? Oh, faithless generation. He wasn't talking to the man or the son. He was talking to the, to the apostles. Amen. Uh, and so sometimes the, the minister uh, in praying I ain't got no faith, right? Oh, I, I ain't got no faith, you know. Let's you know, just hope it works. You don't want to? Uh, and so is it possible that the, that the one, even though they're standing in the position of, of the minister, even though they're one uh, doing the preaching or the ministering, Shouldn't they have some level of faith? Well, they should, but are there times when they just might not, you know, someone walks in and they're missing, you know, a head or something and you know, pray for me and my head's gone? I mean, that, you know, maybe that'd be tough for you. In fact, I remember Brother Hagin would saying that, that uh, uh, early on in his ministry that uh, he could pray for a lot of people, but he said when it came to people with mental illness, he said he had to really work hard in that area because his mother had had mental illness and and she tried to kill herself many times and, and uh, had a complete mental, physical, nervous breakdown. And he said it it was, he was always in fear because it had bothered him. Right. When he got in the presence of people like that Uh, and he had to really press through and use his faith to overcome that. And so early on, people would come and and he, he wouldn't have any faith for them to, to pray for them because of his experience in the past. Right. Uh, And, and, who knows if that's what the deal is with the with the nine apostles here that uh this the the child with the epilepsy you know and he and he's of course the the child you know he had fall down in fact, he fell down right here right in the middle of all these things uh and so uh it, the, he said he was wallowing and foaming and, and you know if you're not prepared to deal with that, that'd make you a little nervous, wouldn't it right uh and so so sometimes you know. Uh, it's the, the issue is with the unbelief of the minister. Amen? Now, should you be judgmental about the minister? Well, he ain't got it, you know. Is it always, if you don't receive healing, is it the minister's fault every single time? No, and, and that's why I always encourage everybody, regardless of who the minister is, if you're going up for prayer, you always go in faith. Because if even if the minister has no faith, and you have faith, and you go in the obedience of your faith, you'll still get it. it you know, your faith cannot be constricted by somebody else's unbelief for you. Now, it may not be, you may not be able to get anything for somebody else because of their unbelief, but as far as you're concerned, as long as you have faith, you're always okay. Amen? So you could get somebody that doesn't even believe in healing lay hands on you if you, if you believe in laying on hands. Hey, you're a Christian? Yeah, well, lay hands on me. Well, I don't believe in that. Well, it doesn't matter. I just You know, the Bible says, let the elders pray for the sick, you know, and you're an elder. Pray for me anyway. I'll get, I'll get healed. You know, you, I believe you get healed, right? Uh, but there are times when, you know... Uh, uh, <laughs> You're going up in prayer, and you ain't got no faith. ministering ain't got no faith. Nothing's going to happen, right? Uh, so, uh, and, and he went down to verse uh, 28. He said, and, and uh, when, they had, when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately. You know, they didn't want to ask him this in, in public, because they kind of knew the answer, right? Because he already called them faithless generation. And so they said, Lord, uh, without anybody else hearing this, can you tell us why, why, we, why we couldn't cast him out? And he said, and this kind can come by nothing but by prayer and fasting. So if you've got unbelief in your life, I just, Lord, I just can't believe in healing. The only way to get that out is through prayer and fasting. Amen? It, it, he wasn't talking about the devil because did Jesus stop everything and say, hang on, let me go away for a minute, pray and fast, and I'll come back tomorrow afternoon? No. So it wasn't the, the, the casting out of the devil that required prayer and fasting because Jesus wasn't praying and fasting at all to get this out. It's the unbelief that was in their hearts. That unbelief sometimes is like a boat anchor. And you have to work hard to get that out, to you, out of your life sometimes, especially if you've been trained all your life, God doesn't heal. Then that's a real strong spirit of unbelief, amen? Uh, and so, so uh, but be nice to the ministers, right? They're, we're trying our best, amen? We're not perfect by any means, but, uh, you know, don't blame me if you don't get healed, amen? Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not always our fault, amen? Uh, could it be our fault? Well, it could be sometimes, but wow, you know, welcome to the real world, amen? Last time I checked, nobody's perfect, right? Uh, and so we'll all do our best. Amen. Uh, and so uh, one we pray, amen, so Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you um, that we can choose to walk by faith. Father, we can listen to our own physical bodies. But we also know, Lord, that uh, sometimes as necessary, you can empower us to go beyond our natural abilities. And So, Father, we thank you for that. Uh, Father, we thank you for the word of God. But we also thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that directs us and leads us and guides us in all truth. And, Father, if we follow your word and follow your spirit, we will always be okay. It doesn't matter how how much or how little we work. It doesn't matter how much or how little we sleep or how much or how little we eat or how much or little we drink or how much or how little we exercise, Father. As long as we follow your word and your spirit, we will always be okay. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Miss um, Vicki, uh, would it be okay if I prayed for you? I just, you know, uh, I know you told me this earlier about uh, your shoulder, but I just sense we need to pray for that. If that's okay, uh, we can pray for your shoulder, can't we? Amen. Yes. And I'll be in faith, and you'll be in faith, too. In faith. And we'll get the job done. So which shoulder is it that's following that one there? Did it hurt you on the back? Yeah. It's okay if I put my hand back there? All right. Well, Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus. Father, for the healing of this body. Father, we thank you that it's fully healed, fully well and strong, Father, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for divine health. And in the name of Jesus, Father, I command this sickness to leave this body, this pain to leave, Father. Father, I thank you that the muscles are strong and the joints are strong, and the ligaments are strong. Father, it is strong and free from pain and discomfort. And Lord, we thank you for that. And we give you the praise, Father, for it. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? He is good. Amen. We appreciate him. And so let's get ready to receive uh, this afternoon's offering. And, you know, um, we could teach a class on, like, you know, diet and exercise, but, you know, I wouldn't really know what to say. Well... Eat whatever you want, I guess, and exercise however much you want to, and you'll be okay, right? Any questions, right? Come ahead, Mr. Jared. Yeah, I mean, you know, people are like, oh, you've got to eat this, and you've got to eat this, and there's so many ounces of veggies and so many ounces of, of you know, of, uh, no bread, carbs, you know, the carbs will kill you, right? And uh, You can't do that. And, you know, uh, don't do this, don't do that. I mean, I, I don't really know what to say. Well, just, I mean, what are you hungry for? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what, what did you, what she say oh, did she you know how to teach us oh she know how to teach us well praise God um, alright well let's see we'll pick this up next week we'll continue on find out what else the uh, Brother Boswell has to say so you'll have one if we weaken the Lord and you're dismissed